baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Oh my God, this reaction is just classic because now I, I did this for a reason. I did not have Steely Dan in the bumper music rotation. And Sue's response when Hey 19 started was, Ugh, I hate Steely Dan. Now I can relate to that, not because I hate Steely Dan, but because my wife cannot stand Steely Dan. Oh so my goodness, there's, there's right a couple there. artists, and there's not many. We have a lot of um, you know common bonds musically. But if Elvis Costello comes on, she just reaches for the... You know, the knob. And I love Elvis Costello. Oh, it's like, like every Elvis. time I'm trying to hear, you know, Veronica or yeah. something like that, I can't hear it. And then I like Steely Dan. And, yeah. you know, I, I get into a little Steely Dan mood every once in a while. I used to play that song on the radio. But there's a reason I played that today, so I didn't do it to torture you. Oh, well, that's nice um, Let me see, because I think I took a little screen capture of this. It was it was a little bit, I didn't think you were going to do it on Sue's News. And it's the, uh, I suppose, 43rd anniversary of this. But November 21st, this day, 1980, Steely Dan released Gaucho. And it was uh, produced and features contributions from Rick Derringer and Mark Knopfler. I don't think I, I knew that, but um, hmm. there you go, this day in history, which means nothing to Sue because she hates That's Steely Dan. That's why it wasn't mentioned on Sue's. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Fred, you a Steely Dan guy or not? Yes, I am. All right. I like Steely Dan uh, and Elvis Costello. There you go. I prefer Elvis. I'm, I'm so confused because I about 15 minutes ago, I, I asked Mark Cox, I said, hey, are you still awake? <laughs> just because it's well, a valid no, question, just, right? Yeah. He could have been taking a nap. And he said, yes. I said, um, I want to plug this first responder Thanksgiving ATF raffle, and they're trying to get to uh, $20,000, and they're close, by the way. So he's got over 18000 right now, and you can buy raffle tickets for, for this. You can also just make a, a donation. Now, if you go to 971talk.com slash events, you'll find the first responder Thanksgiving ATF raffle. I was going to let Mark come on and promote this for a few minutes, but he disappeared on me. So maybe in the time 15 minutes ago when I said that he was, you know, asked him if he was awake, he's fallen asleep. Oh. That's the only thing I can tell. My, my 17 text messages in the last minute well, and a half. Well, he's missed his <laughs> opportunity, I but I, I will say this. Go. I think she's smiling. I think Abby's smiling. I think she's got him. Uh, yeah, she's well, now. Well, now we're out of time. So he's got like. <laughs> here, so, here we go. Okay. We're, we're trying to figure out what the hell happened to you in 15 minutes, Mark, because it was like, yeah, I'm here, I'm awake, and then you just disappeared. Are you okay, first and foremost? No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> did, I, did I lay the phone down? I apologize for that. I, I really do. <laughs> well, now you have about 40 seconds to, to promote this. I kind of gave the details, but look, you're, you're close to $20,000 on this raffle, so tell folks what they can do and, and what they could win. Yeah, about 2.30 about tomorrow afternoon, I'll announce the winner's. So really, the window is closing. People can win uh, about two thousand dollars worth of bourbon. If you're a big bourbon fan, there's Weller and and you know Eagle Rare and and Blantons and all that in there. People, the, the bourbon drinkers will know that. You can win a gun. Uh, the range has donated a beautiful CMMG MK4 and 5.56. It's a nice rifle with a nice optic on it. That's worth about sixteen hundred bucks. And my friends down at Lit Cigar in the Valley have donated a, about a nine hundred dollar package for you and. 10 of your closest friends in a box of cigars. And the, the great thing about it is 
if you win one or any of those, you'd be thrilled. But the, all the money goes to Respond to Rescue, and they've got the backs of our responders. And all this stuff was donated, and I, I couldn't have done it without all the people that have helped, Mark. Thank you. Well, it's an awesome uh, raffle and lots of fun. I think I'm probably prohibited from winning, so I, I won't buy the tickets. You can make a donation. You know, but look, we you... think about that every year, don't we, Mark? Can we can we win? Because it's such a good package of prizes. It wouldn't look yeah, good. You even, know, if, even legally, I... if we could do it, it probably wouldn't look good. Right, Mark? No, it would I, I don't know. I mean, I thought I, I didn't buy a ticket because that would look kind of funny. But outside of that, I think uh, I think people would understand because it's all going to a great cause. And a computer is going to pick the winner. We don't, it's not even we're not even pulling tickets this year. It's all being done on it's all being sold online through a charity website. So uh, we will randomly select the winners. The computer will pick the winners. That's so awesome. I think you're safe. I won a, yeah. a ri- the rifle that I hunt with, my thirty out 6 I won at an NRA banquet many, many years ago. So um, yeah. good luck to the person who might win some of these things. And, Mark, you have a great afternoon. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, too. And we will. Uh, you're working, though, Friday morning, aren't you? I am not. No, okay, we're you're off, off too. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. I thought the I thought the morning show was stuck with it. Hey, did you see the memo today that we got two more Odyssey Company <laughs> holidays next year, Mark? I'm so excited. Did you know this? I I did. I hate Veterans Day. I, I was very excited about him. And, and while I don't personally recognize uh, Juneteenth every year, I'll take the day off. How yeah. about you? It's big news here at Odyssey St. Louis. Two more. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. All right, Mark. Take care. We'll see you. Bye, Mark. Happy Thanksgiving, Mark. Thanks. See you soon. <laughs> I even broke that news to the boss today. Came in gleefully. It's. I'm taking too much joy in the two additional. It, it's w- would you admit? Sue? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. Oh, I love that you and both Marks figured that out, and Fred and I just deleted the email without reading it. <laughs> yeah, and, I didn't even see it, and I, I never even know. read those emails. No. I mean, I always read the emails from the CEO of Odyssey St. Louis. I mean, That's what I'm saying right course. now. Exactly. Word These allegations word. are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now Sue's News, sponsored by Mister Appliance, Speedy Expert Service. Call six three. Let's just say uh, I sent uh, Fred and Mark a a picture today from when I went to the grocery store. Let me just say, people are are taking the week off. Yeah. I mean, you where, was that the Schnooks on Loughborough or that, somewhere no, else? That was the Schnooks at, at Hampton Village, and there was an L-shaped line. I mean, I had to go past the pharmacy in the line to even make the left to get into the normal line to check out. This is why I went on Sunday morning to the High Ridge Walmart. And yes, I go to Walmart oh, because gosh. I'm cheap and I don't like paying the, the... And I do go to Schnooks as well. But you know what? It was actually strategy, strategery, if you will, because I knew it was going to get crowded <laughs> the next couple of days. And I it noticed- worked. I noticed when I came into work today, the parking garage was extra empty. It was. Is it still that mm-hmm. way this afternoon? It was for me. Yep, I got a spot that was good because you know you hunt for the good ones. But uh, yeah, it looks it looks good. Fred, I'm taking your spot tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> you won't be you here. Can't Wait do a minute, that. I'm going to raffle it off. <laughs> <laughs> yay, Fred! Yay! Pick me! Pick me! Uh, on this day in history, this does have music. Forty-seven years ago. Forty-seven years ago. In 1976, this movie was released. It's the first Rocky movie, and it opened in New York. Can't you just see him? Abby, have you oh, seen yeah. the original Rocky? I have not. You have not oh, seen the original it's, Rocky. Oh. It's been on my list for years, and I just never get to it. It's really a great movie. It is. I should rewatch that one when again. When it first came out, two of my sisters were addicted to it. 
I guess oh. one was because she had to drive the other one. But I think they saw it 16 times. Are you serious? At the stadium cinema downtown. Wow. Okay, I have some kind of a fascination and respect for your sisters over that. <laughs> 16 times for the yeah. rock. Were they in love with Sylvester? One was. One was a driver. Oh, so all The right. younger okay. one was, yeah. but she couldn't drive. It's just so real and authentic. And, you know, Sly Stallone wanted it that yeah. way. And he ended up being this amazing character. And even some of the sequels were all right. But that that's, you know, I, I was telling Sue during the break, I, I've kind of uh, piggybacked off my rewatching of Band of Brothers, and I started saving Private Ryan last night. And I was on a bit of a, a tangent earlier this year going back and watching 70s movies, and I haven't seen Rocky in a while. So well, it might yeah, be a good rewatch. It's, uh, it's definitely something to see. I did see the first Daniel Craig as James Bond movie multiples. Oh, okay. Not 16, Fred. <laughs> but I saw it more than well, once. Well, he was good in that. That's why. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was his Has nothing to do with skills. his looks. No. Yeah. And 13 years ago today, I'm throwing this in for the NASCAR people. In 2010, Jimmy Johnson won his fifth straight NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. He's the only driver to ever win five years in a row. We can talk to Kenny about that. But, yeah. Uh, that, at, I didn't know At that. the time, NASCAR well, was huge. Yes. Yes. And to win five times in a row. All right, I have a story for Fred before he leaves town. You know, all stories related to the turlet are for Fred. (laughs) Now, if you are in need of a plumber, do not wait. Because Black Friday is also Brown Friday. And it is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. (laughs) Did you just say Brown Friday? I certainly did. And Roto-Rooter, because it's a thing. Roto-Rooter expects to get 50% more calls than average. It's not only because our turlets will, uh, uh, you know, be in a lot more use. Yes, we can use our imagination there. Uh, But that's part of it. Roto-Rooter says the main culprits are clogged toilets, kitchen sinks, and also garbage disposals. Garbage disposals. So I I was going to kind of harken back, and this was actually at Easter. It wasn't Thanksgiving or Christmas, but my sister came to town one year. Not the sister you met. Oh, okay, the other one. And she decided to, I think, put about two pounds of potato peels I have done this in my garbage disposal, and it jammed it up. Fred, you might remember this I story because I, I yeah, actually I've never done this in my life. It was yeah. a very unique experience. I didn't know what to do. It was a holiday. I thought I can't call the plumber; it's going to no. cost this much. I I googled it. I found a YouTube. I fixed the damn thing, and I got it unclogged. I did the same thing. But it, no, it wasn't. You're, oh, you're doing I a plunger, plunger thing. I actually took the oh. infrastructure oh, of no. the pipes. I don't even know how I did it. What is happening? You took you, Mark <laughs> Ritten, yeah. You did plumbing work. You Beyond had a tool that, that could do I that. I did. Wow. Beyond that, here's the most. My wife would vouch for me on this. For whatever reason, I didn't like lose my. You, you know you, what? You, cool. Well, my sister cool. was rather fragile at the time, and, yeah. I, and if I would have come in hot, I think it would have been a, a worse holiday than it was. But I, I somehow kept my cool, and That's I. Good. And the lesson, ladies and gentlemen, is even when you have no skills in life whatsoever, every once in a while you grab a YouTube video, you can get something done. There is nothing that YouTube cannot teach you on how to handle it. I think you're right uh, about that. And mm-hmm. if you don't throw the here, I did the same thing. I plunged it out when I, my YouTube video, and I figured fixing it was beyond me. But I can plunge. Is if you do a little bit at a time. One potato, two potatoes. Right. Just don't do it Here's all at once. Here's another way to do it. Here's another way to do it. Or throw them in the trash. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't put, and I put a lot down the drain, but not potato peels anymore. Yeah, it's, it's Although not I good. did, you know, I, I had to replace the, uh, the, the, the thing, the, the disposal thing this year, I think it was. And I went with the higher horsepower. You know, I went with the, oh, the bigger good engine. for you. What do you how thing. do you feel so, that decision well, deserved you? Well, we're going to find out with oh, the holiday right. because oh. the higher horsepower is going to eat more 
I'm, I'm kind of intrigued yeah. by that. Yeah. Maybe uh, I will do the potatoes, Sue. They say a lot of people just don't realize what their plumbing is partially clogged until the guests get there. Then too many people can overwhelm the system. <laughs> so this is a good time to write down Mr. Appliances. Phone yes. Number. You know, thank you for bringing that up, Fred. And that number is 636-674-6446. Now, they also say... Don't buy the idea of flushable wipes. Don't put those out for guests because you know what? They're not. They say they are, but they're not very flushable or biodegradable. And if you have lots of guests, um, just have them wait 10 minutes between showers because if there is an issue, you know, the hot water has time to replenish and it gives the pipes time to clean. I'm just saying they do. They have all kinds of stuff for this. And don't dump cooking oil or fat down the drain either. That's bad news. You could put it in a little cup and take it out to I'd the trash. I do that. I don't. I don't. That that's one thing I don't put down the drain is like grease. Oh, that's good. Fat and grease. Yeah. I was real bad for years, and now I'm doing it right. Now uh, I was assigned. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> I was assigned uh, uh, something yesterday by Mark, and there is some debate. We were finding out what is the story behind pardoning the turkeys. Remember this? Yes. That's right. Yes. When did it start? Uh, there is some debate over which president was the first to pardon a turkey. Some believe it was Abraham Lincoln in 1863 when he saved a bird from becoming Christmas dinner because one of his sons, they say it was Tad, was kind of attached to it and he didn't want to kill it. But they think that might be folklore. Apparently, folks had donated turkeys for years, but it wasn't until 1947 that the National Turkey Federation began officially giving turkeys to the president for Thanksgiving. They gave him two turkeys, a turkey and a backup turkey. So go figure. (laughs) I don't know if one, I don't know why. Truman was in office in 1947, but his quote was something like, these are going to come in handy for Christmas dinner, so we don't think he pardoned anything. And then they say that Kennedy pardoned some birds, but not all, and Nixon pardoned some. Then when Reagan, ironic, yeah, <laughs> and then when Reagan took office, it became a, became a thing to send the turkeys to the farm. And then H. W. Bush formalized the pardonings in 1989. And then Trump came in and assassinated the turkeys well, in 2016. Took the heads off them right in front of all the reporters. <laughs> That's, That's how I remember it. You yeah, know, that is what I wanted to see. I'm a little surprised it didn't happen. He pulled an Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. Call 636-674-6446. And finally, in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Okay, I did not know this. Maybe you guys did. Major League Baseball umpires are required to wear required to wear black underwear in case they split their pants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I love it. Well, I don't know about a mandate, but it seems like a good idea. It does. Especially when you're in front of thousands of people, Think right? your mother would approve. And that's it for Sue's News. All right, Sue. Well, I have good news for you. Come back in here with some Steely Dan. I had no idea that Sue had this animus towards Steely Dan. But Just, since Gaucho was released on this date in 1980, we're rolling with it. We're back with Brian Kilmeade coming up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Brian Kilmeade is back with us for his weekly conversation this afternoon. Mr. Kilmeade, how are you? 
Oh, good, Mark. How are you? Good. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. I have good news on the ticket front here in St. Louis. We're a week away from the event. Brian is coming into town on December 1st. We have Brian Kilmeade. We have more than 300 tickets sold, just a handful remaining. It's going to be a sold-out packed house in Eureka a week from Friday. So everyone is geared up for sure. You guys are amazing. I mean, that is amazing. Thanks so much, man. That's going to be fantastic. You know, I would say, and I've said this before, um, you know, I, I've worked at two pretty legendary radio stations over the course of my career, and I've been here on 97.1 FM Talk for two and a half years. It'll be three years in the spring. The way that this audience, Brian, responds, you know, we bring heritage folks in, you're coming into town. Um, when, when we ask for the audience to respond, they do it. It's really incredible. I've never experienced anything like it. I've been in radio for, you know, four decades now, so I, I'm humbled yeah, by it as well. And their knowledge and their knowledge. I mean, I've been talking to them for, you know, I guess five or six events now. I mean, how tuned in and tapped in they are to what's going on in the country, how much they care. So I, and while well, you guys are experiencing a lot of the same challenges in the city environment that we're dealing that I'm dealing with here in New York and I deal with callers. So it's really, uh, we're dealing with a lot of the same issues. Yeah, sadly, there's some relatability there for sure, especially on the crime front. I mean, we have, and you're going to be here. I think we're going to try to get you into the station before you head down to Eureka, but we've got a situation I've been talking about here with homeless encampments right around City Hall, and we're located just, you know, two blocks from from that. There's been a couple of shootings involving the homeless encampment, you know, in, in the open-air drug market the past couple of weeks. But our mayor seemingly wants to, you know, put more attention on Trans Awareness Week and things like that than the actual problems that are facing people here in San Louis. It's unbelievable. I ask, where's the logic? We have lost all logic. There's these these I, I don't even you don't need my opinion from what you just said. Every logical person listening to us knows how idiotic that is. Are they even trying? Are they even trying to get it right? I mean, this is this are you trying to destroy the country? Because they could not go. They could not could not do a better job. If we put Vladimir Putin and said, you're now in charge of every major city in New York City, how do you do it? They would say exactly things like what they're doing in San Francisco, what they're doing in St. Louis, and what they've done in Los Angeles. And they're beginning to start to wake up in New York after 130,000 illegal immigrants we've been feeding, clothing, and educating for the past three years. They're just starting to get it now. But this stuff is so against the American people and the people in the, in the respective cities, it makes me wonder who's putting them up to it. Yeah, I guess on, on the New York front, I would say when you've lost Cardi B, right? And I played that audio <laughs> yesterday as part of my audio cut of the day, and she was ripping on, you know, Eric Adams and that administration for making cuts to the cops when all this stuff is happening right now. She, uh, yeah, she's all over the place, uh, but she does have a lot of influence. She could have picked up the phone and talked to the mayor. But she's so angry at what's going on right now. And she also knows how great is that? Here's somebody that had their brushes with the law, grew up in the inner city of New York and said, I need more cops. And that's who we need because cops are not the enemy. They are bad cops. We got it. Understood. And there are bad anchors and there are bad postmen and there are bad CEOs. Got it. Understood. But now people are realizing society was breaking down and without cops. And now there's still cops have not come back. So the last thing we need is we filled up two academies finally and they decide to tell them, you're going on pause. And now we're going to go down to 29,000 instead of 39,000 in our city. And we're going to make the people on duty who weren't happy work double and triple shifts. you got to be kidding me. So that, that's where they're solving. And you can just point to one thing. 
We have a lot of billionaires and millionaires leaving the city because tax is too high. And people say, well, you can afford it. Yeah, but how do they get rich? Not by wasting money. And number two, they could be doing the same thing elsewhere, and they're choosing to. And number two is the illegal immigrant situation. Yeah, you know, I had someone, I'm trying to think who was on yesterday talking about this, but the budget, I, I don't know that I ever really paid attention to the budget figures for New York City. Our, our budget here in the state of Missouri is like $53 million. Now, a big chunk of that is Medicaid. So there's some you know money that comes from the, the government on that. But I think the, the figure I heard was like $120 billion for the city of New York. So you're telling me the only waste that you would have in a budget that's bigger than most states' budgets is with cops. And, and when people need services like that, that's ridiculous. Oh, no, no. I should have said something. Firefighters, too. Um, firefighters also have to disband their academy. There's going to be some cutbacks. Yeah. And I should also bring up some to education. So fantastic. So there's nothing else to take off. You know, we got we to gotta make sure that uh, we have our statute commission. I'm sure they're all getting paid. So we got to make sure that we first, the first thing you do is cut law enforcement while complaining uh, that law enforcement's an issue. This is the one thing he was hired to do is to bring law and order back to the streets. In some elements he has and some he hasn't. But uh, this is, you know, I haven't uh, did a breakdown of the budget, but he's also dealing with somewhat of a scandal and what he was doing with the country of Turkey. So we have a little bit of a scandal brewing here. Uh, so bad he got off a plane. He was all set to go to the White House and talk to the White House about illegal immigration, and he got off the plane to quickly handle the situation. And the FBI in the street over the weekend took his cell phone and told his Secret Service to back off. The, the FBI took his cell phone. So uh, he might be in some trouble. Yeah, we're going to track that story for sure. Brian Kilmeade back with us this afternoon. You know, this story, I don't know how much you, you've talked about this on, on the radio show, and it's not the sexiest story, but even the New York Times had to admit over the weekend that, that, that this disruption, closing down the schools, and we didn't have it as bad as, you know, you guys did on the coast or certainly out in California, but the most damaging disruption in the history of American education, what we did with these lockdowns. you got kids that are just lost, won't really ever recover if they were in high school and trying to transition into society right now. I don't know, Brian, what the answers are. I don't think government can solve some of these things. But when you think about what we did to these kids, locking them down, and the teachers that were protesting saying, you know, don't kill us, you're killing Granny, all these things. So Granny survived, but the kids are set back decades. Congratulations. We did a great job here, right? I I, I rarely say this, but it's present company excluded. We said this. You and I said this once a week. We are, this is crazy. Oh, what I know. They doing? They understand the downside. So I won't. I don't think that we should take the blame, and our audience should take the blame. We were trying to get to the people in power and shame them into doing the right thing that Florida was doing, that other states were doing, like Georgia was doing, and they were taking ridicule for doing it. And and we were on the right side of this. And you know, if you if we don't want to pat ourselves on the back, that's okay. But we should not take the blame. We called this. Life is full of risks. While you find out, let our kids not suffer through it. And don't tell me when we find teachers on vacation uh, during that time. Now, I do not want to insult teachers. I think for the most part, I have to have teachers. What they had to do creatively in order to keep those kids entertained. Can you imagine trying to get a first grader to pay attention on Zoom? And to what they were able to do, and, and I have a, my sister-in-law set up these elaborate uh, demonstrations and, and, and built all these puppets everything to get an interest and, and not appreciated, not a thank you from a parent. So I am not insulting teachers, and I don't think you are either, Mark. But there are some that just said, yeah, I'm not into this. I'm not going in. And those are the ones 
that made it bad. And, and those teachers, unions, presidents that said, you better not go in because you'll make us all look bad. They're the ones I think are, com- are complicit in this. Yeah. But the teachers I know get, don't get paid no, enough you're for right. what they do. Absolutely. And don't get the credit for what they what they do. Well, you know, and I can't imagine, uh, well, I can't really imagine doing it with a first grader or Zoom, but I can imagine doing it with a kindergartner because my daughter was just starting kindergarten when all that started. Oh, my God. But, you know, well, here's the great thing about it. It didn't last very long. Our, Our school district and the school districts around here, they they shifted into gear, especially with the younger kids, relatively quickly. Now, I thought that they should have just started that way. And in retrospect, I think they should have. But we didn't have to wait like, you know, many areas, even in in some areas here in St. Louis. It was worse off. So I guess I consider myself lucky at this point. And I was not a good teacher. I will tell you that if you go back three years. Hey, it looks like we have a bit of a hostage deal. What do you know about that? Any thoughts about what might happen in the next couple of days relating to that, Brian? Well, I mean, I know the relation was 50 to 150. So 50 get out, 150 uh, prisoners are released from Israeli jails. And that's what it looks like in a term for a pause. We don't know how long the pause is. And... And what I've also understand in listening to the Israelis talk, the Hamas never adheres to a pause. So I hope these guys aren't targets. I, I was just doing a phoner on our show with uh, somebody who's the editor of Israeli magazine. And while I was on the air with him, he was getting rocketed by Hamas. Hmm. Rocketed. They've had this thing for over, of, over a month, and they're still ro- Hamas still has rockets. So... Uh, it's been a slow pause, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I worry about them rearming or escaping, because we do not want to go down this road again. Israel doesn't want to go down this road again. They have to eradicate this group, and I worry about them escaping. But they took old, they took senior citizens, many of them with bad health conditions, and they took children. So I can't pretend to look at this as a pure numbers game. If that was my three-year-old that was in captivity with a terrorist, I wouldn't be like, well, I feel like we're letting out too many prisoners. But the good guys always care about people, and that's the Israelis. And Hamas uses them as pawns. That's the Iranians. Um, And that's uh, the Hezbollah. That's Islamic Jihad. And that's the Houthi rebels. They just took a ship. uh, They just hijacked a ship the other day and keeping those guys yeah i saw that that's crazy that's not even getting that much attention but that was nuts absolutely all right you got a saturday show or are you taking this weekend off no i'm not i have will kane on talking about sports betting i know everyone's gonna laugh at me but i think it's a huge problem in our country we way overdid it and i think there's gonna be addictions are gonna run rampant it's gonna destroy uh professional sports will will not agree with me i am sure uh we are also going to have julie Banderas on i'm also going to take a look at I'm going to sit with Derek Van Orden and Michael Waltz, two congressmen who are Green Beret and Navy SEALs. I'm going to talk about this uh, equity thing now in the military, putting millions of dollars, $750 million into it. Uh, Also, the recruiting issue we're dealing with, and then how we're going to handle the fact that we can't make enough bullets, tanks, and planes uh, to fight our next war. So I want these guys on the Armed Services Committee who fight for our country to, to weigh in on that. Well, Will is going to try to change your mind this weekend on the sports wagering, and I'm going to do it the following weekend. So you're going to be ganged up upon here. But I do understand your point. I think I think there are implications. I'm a fan. We don't have it here in Missouri, and I'd like us to, but I get that there's a different perspective for sure. Yeah, and don't forget, I'm going to talk a little bit about race in America, with Ted, about Teddy and Booker T and what it means with the guys in there. Actually, one's from Chicago State, I think. Um, uh, Cut the Bull podcast. 
And a lot of people think that the Booger T. Washington message to the black community is not good. Uh, it doesn't sustain today. And I'm going to have three African-Americans on. Tell me what they think. So I want to hear it. Awesome. Brian, you have a great Thanksgiving. We look forward to seeing you next week. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk then. Uh, go get a Mark. You too. Have a great Thanksgiving. Sue, we have a, a great team here on the Mark Reardon Show, yourself included. But Abby and Fred, they do great work behind the scenes. Absolutely. And, you know, every once in a while, there's stuff that is put into my audio folder that that I'm unaware of and, and I'm not up to speed on. I send them, you know, I share audio. We, we all kind of gang up on this and make sure that we have the very latest. Now, during the break, you were out of the room. I was listening to something that is just stunning to me. And I'm trying to find out a little bit further context. But this is something that Fred put in. This is a guy who was a soldier in Afghanistan, who left Afghanistan. But listen to what happened to him. Two years ago, my unit deployed to Afghanistan for the Afghanistan withdrawal. We spent a few weeks over there. It was hectic. It was chaotic. And it made me very disappointed in our government. Today, I'm reminded of how disappointed I am in our government. Go to turn in my gear. They want to charge me $500 to $1,000 for gear that I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan two years ago. What? I Think think about this. Now, this guy lays out some great examples. It's outrageous. If, if in fact, that's happening, now, we're going to have to accept his word for it because he was a soldier. They're trying to hit him with the bill, right? Because as the last two birds were sitting on the tarmac, ready to leave, there wasn't any room for extra gear or extra weight. Therefore, we were told to leave it. Some lower enlisted dudes, including myself, we're like, no, this stuff is expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when it comes time to leave. Don't worry. We're going to catch you on the back end. It's time to get out of the army, and they just want to charge you for, for that. Meanwhile, we can continue to give millions of dollars to the Taliban. Now, he makes some great points here about where our federal dollars are going to. We can give billions of dollars to Ukraine. We can give billions of dollars to student debt relief, but we can't cover 500 to to $1,000 for a dude that left gear in Afghanistan. The government is so stinking backwards right now, man. This administration's last priority is the American people. And, and inside of the American people, their last priority is their soldiers, their Marines, their airmen, their, their, their Navy. So messed up, man. So that's a soldier that did four years of active duty in the Army's 82nd Airborne Division, and and that's what happens to him. Now, I I always allow, just because, you know, you hear claims like that, I always allow for maybe there's information that we are unaware of, and maybe there's further context to this, but that's stunning. Right. And he's not the only one. He they they say that the army reverse course and, you know, they've done this to a lot of soldiers. Now, in this guy's case, I think his attention has gotten him off the hook. So they're not going to charge him. But what about the person that's not going to do a TikTok video and explain this to people? Right. He also showed, um, I guess, in the video, he showed a sheet of paper with costs attributed to his name. And the name on the sheet seemed to match his own. So this is in Newsweek. Apparently, you know, the guy is reporting this accurately. The total cost for the gear and other items was shown to be $3,561. But 
he didn't divulge what those costs were associated with, but they were asking him for the, uh, you know, the $500. That just doesn't seem right. The way that we treat our veterans overall in this country, where you think that they should be a priority, absolute priority. Absolutely. I mean, who outside of these punk kids out there are going to argue that that's where some of the federal tax dollars should go to the veterans of this country? Now, the millennials might see that differently. And by the way, on that front, a a little bit here, just because I'm going to associate this with crazy. Did you hear the Susan Sarandon thing? What? I saw the TV, but I haven't okay, heard the audio. Here's the soundbite here. There are a lot of people that are afraid, afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country, so often uh, subjected to violence. Well, what? that didn't go over for her, by the way. Yeah. Wow. She says that, you know what? You're just kind of getting a taste of how it feels to be Muslim in America. She's been raging against Israel. Here's the other thing she said. Whose side is Susan Sarandon on? Although we've kind of known that from the beginning, that she's one of the uh, outspoken lefties in Hollywood. It's necessary to criticize and to be loud in our criticism of this government. Yeah. Of- And it is very clear that there is the intent. It is a war crime. Yeah, she's talking about Israel doing ethnic cleansing. Well, her talent agency has dropped her because of all this. So there is some pushback. But she's been at some of these pro-Palestinian rallies and protests being anti-Semitic. Good for Susan Sarandon. Congratulations on doing what we all knew you were capable of. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 